So my name is Joey. Your name is? Simon. Simon. Joey and Simon, the Joey and Simon show. <laughs> there you go. Let's stick it. Or the Simon and Joey show. It's fine. Either way. Um, so today's podcast is probably just going to be an introduction of who we are and what, yep. we're, what we're about. Right. What the, is this big idea? Yeah, the thesis of my book is Jesus as hero. Jesus as hero. Mm. And... And that word is a very interesting word. It's uh, it. I really feel that it was one of the very first words um, that the human collective to, as a whole, from the very dawn of time, I really feel that it was one of the earliest words that that humanity discovered, developed, and and have endeared to the to to our our human identity. Um, uh, the reason being is because we have so many different definitions for hero. Yeah. You know, um, this this basketball player could be my hero right. or this person, my father could be my hero mm-hmm. or, you know, and just like or this celebrity, whatever. But then also there's other ideas of hero. But my my goal is to say that we have this celebration and this endearing um, person that we elevate, what is a hero? What is a hero, you know? And the classical understanding based on Western literature is a hero is a person who literally sacrifices himself for the greater good, you know? And um, and there's many different categories and so forth, but just for the sake of the discussion, a hero is a person who sacrifices himself or herself for the greater good. Um, and we see that a lot, however, in very, um, very extreme hyperbolic situations. You know, just like where the idea is that uh, it's a person who destroys a dragon, slays a dragon. It's a person that um, or it's a person that that goes in front of danger mm-hmm. before everyone else, you know. Um, and and so that story is preserved in comics and mm-hmm. in, 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 in superhero esque films, you know, and that's, and we have this huge, huge, uh, popularity, huge desire with superhero f- films. Like the most recent one was, uh, well, technically Deadpool two now, but like the, the, the yeah. big one was infinity war, Avengers, mm-hmm. infinity war. We, we have this fascination again with heroes and, um, those who sacrifice for the greater good. And, and so more and more, if you think about that, another definition, uh, uh, the idea of being sacrificial, the, the idea of consider others before yourself, hmm. um, that definition is also linked to another word. And that is um, that is the Christian, ideally, the Christian, uh, based on the, the Christian sacred text, the New Testament, the Old Testament. Um, the pursuit of considering others better than yourself, you know, um, there's parallel here. There's parallel here. And for us, who is the ideal? Who is the ideal? It's Jesus. So Jesus, the idea that Jesus is hero um, is has been a very influential aspect of my season right now. And just thinking more about that and understanding that and um and realizing uh, the things that I've been reading recently and the whole idea of what um, the message of God and the message of Jesus is all about is, is, um, is to make creation restored and is to, 
is to um, realize the potential of what creation could be, um, that it can be absolutely hopeful and absolutely satisfying. And, um, and then we were talking about it earlier, you know, Joey, where it's just like, you know, there's so um, through the lens of this idea that heaven is supposed to come down to earth, yeah. you know, it's not that we're going up to heaven and, and, and shunning, shunning away all that is earthly. You know what I'm saying? The whole idea is just, is, is the combination of heaven and earth becoming one, you know, and, and, um, and knowing that, uh, for me, the response is, is hopeful action is the, the response is, is to, um, is to pursue heaven, bringing it down upon earth, you know, and, um, and, and, you know, the the ideal passage that I can think of is in Revelation. There's no more sickness, no more pain. Every tear will be wiped away, and all that's you know beautiful. This beautiful image of restoration and redemption, um, because of the fact that heaven and earth are, is one. Um, and and we see outside of the church, uh, we see stories upon stories of individuals stepping up to the plate and trying to make the world better. And it tells me as human beings that we desire and we yearn for a reality Mm. of making things better. And so, um, and so for that, there's this yearning from the world for heroes. And there's this, this community driven by a hero um, and has given the resources and the character, the culture of of heroism and the reason and the power to do so um and that they can come together as one to make the world better you know and um so and i'm just there's just so much more but yeah. hopefully hopefully i can we can unwrap this um through our time together yeah, yeah. here at this podcast. so your basic thesis if i can summarize in my own words and you tell me if please yes right. and i i would like that i i i, tr- I would welcome that is that Jesus as hero means that everything that we have looked for in society or maybe idealized in a hero is actually already encapsulated in the person of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. And that, um, and then we can go to specific details, but yeah. Uh, like that, if you wanted to know who, what is a superhero? Right. Then you should turn to the Bible and look at Jesus and right. what, what he's done. Right. And wow. Yeah. And the beautiful thing, <laughs> The be- now the beautiful thing is that um and that was the that's the thing that's one of the things that I feel that we as as uh well I believe I shouldn't I shouldn't I shouldn't presume all Christians believe this but hopefully that they do but um one of the key qualities that for me as a Christian um believes is that there's a historical quality to the text and speaking specifically about Jesus and what he did on earth, that there's, that those things actually happen. That, uh, for me, I don't really, I mean, yes, there's a symbolic message to the deeds of Jesus, but I feel, and I believe in faith that Jesus did actually those things, that these are historical accounts. And, and I feel that that's revolutionary. I feel that that's, that's powerful. And here's why it's powerful. There's a limitation to popular culture. There's a limitation to comic books. There's a limitation to Avengers Infinity War and all these other uh, m- movies about heroes. It's, the limitation is this. It's fictional. 
Mm-hmm. It's fictional. Yeah. It's it's uh, and not to not to cast it down because I love them, but it's it's make believe, and there's and and there's the cynical aspect of humanity that just will that groans and say, well, it's 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 because it's make believe. It doesn't happen in real life. It's not going to happen in real life. There's, you yeah. see almost so much terror, so much pain, so much anguish. There's no such thing as heroes in our world. You know what I'm saying? And um, but knowing the Christian faith and knowing the, the, the Jesus story in the lens, the fact that Jesus is hero and that he was a historical figure and in the probably in the most bloodiest empire in history, he did this, these awesome, phenomenal things. Um, and he's given the power and the authority to give resources, these heavenly resources, Holy Spirit resources to make people who follow him do the exact same thing. That heroically we can actually the what's written what what's what the words on paper becomes actual real life mm-hmm. you know and um and um and they can be and they can be practiced in our reality yeah. so it's the whole idea of the whole idea of the abstract the abstract story that um coming to life in in our reality um a few a while ago, I, was, I think I told you about this podcast, Dr. Ryan Reeves from uh, Gordon Conwell. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a lecture series on Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis, and you were talking about like stuff on paper. You're talking about comic books and these are stories. The word that comes to my mind is is myth. Mm, right. And you actually said earlier, like from the ancient times, like. People have always been talking about heroes, right? mm-hmm. and the first thing that comes to my mind is like Greek mythology, right? right. I grew up just—I had one book on Greek mythology, and I read the thing like front to back, and looking at Poseidon and Apollos and Hera and Zeus and Hercules of all, right? And and also watching Xena Warrior Princess help, right? Right? You yep. Know? Yep. And I agree that like there's—it seems as if all cultures look up to and put heroes on the pedestal right they might they may put those heroes up on different on pedestals for different reasons but there are people who you look up to and that you want to be like that you want to emulate right um and so c.s lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien told they they had this group called the inklings right and this is all from my memory of dr reeves lecture series but but basically for them they considered christianity the the true myth have you, have you heard of that? I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, um, what is it? How did Tolkien be? I remember it based on this story that Tolkien was walking in near, near, near the college and he's speaking with C.S. Lewis, who at the time was still probably, he was an atheist, but then that atheism turned to agnosticism, the idea that there is a God, but he, he's, there's no way to actually know him personally, right? And then, um, and then with this conversation, it really compelled him to say yes to the God of of the Judeo-Christian scriptures, right? And he was talking about that—the whole idea that um, all the myths that were devised and created by humanity points to the true myth or the meta myth, you know, or the yeah. meta narrative, right? Yeah. Of of the fact that um, that the details of all these stories um, about, you know, of a God 
who sacrifices himself and dies yeah. for the world or something like that. It points to Jesus, you know, and it points uh, yeah. and that Jesus um, not only is it the, the great myth, Jesus actually did these things. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah. and that was this historical. Thing. Exactly. Exactly. And that, and, and, um, and that's what the church professes that his, he, he actually conquered death, not in, not in myth myth stories, but um, actually he actually did it, you know, and um, yeah, so that's exactly that's exactly right. And then I think because of that, there's this for me personally, there's a, an appreciation of storytelling, you know, because there's some truth to it. There's there's a nugget of truth that we can find in in any story that is told, you know, and that and that we shouldn't we shouldn't shun that away, you know, granted there must be, there's probably some really stupid stories out there, but that's okay. You know, that's fine. You know, but, um, but more and more times than not from my experience, you know, there's a lot of things that probably would never ever be considered faith, you know, faithful or something like that. But just like, wow, there's actually truth to it, you know, that we can embrace. I think your, your thesis is like, it's interesting and it's bold, but how do we prove it? Right. You know, like, I, I agree. Like Every story, every fantasy, every myth has like a, a an idea of like evil or darkness or a villain trying to take over mm-hmm. and control or, or hurt or destroy. And somehow at the very end, like the last second, like salvation or rescue or deliverance or the victory happens. You know? mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. oftentimes that victory is done through some crazy self-sacrificial act of uh, courage. Yeah. You know? I feel like that's pretty universal. Right, right. I wonder, though, if it's universal because of Christianity. Like, for the past 2,000 years, the Christian faith has been, like, incepted into Western society. Right, right. And so we think it's universal, but really, it's because of the Christian revolution that has and made I, us love it. That's a, that's a very valid point. And I'm wondering, and and a friend of mine was, I, I spoke with, I spoke about this idea with another friend and he uh, took a course in, um, in college and he had to read a gentleman by the name of Northrop Fry. Mm. Now I haven't read his book yet, but the way that uh, it was explained to me as I understood it was that uh, he, he, that was kind of his thesis that the idea that we have these stories about this one figure or a group of figures that sacrifice themselves for the greater good is because Western civilizations central uh central central hub of christian faith you know that uh that um historically the west came from the from the new testament from jesus and stuff like that and so yes no wonder then all these stories will um will will point to uh the the gospel story so yeah that that could be a possibility that could be a possibility but Taking onto the faith fact, my belief that God is the orchestrator of history, right? He, he, he's involved in it. Then there's a reason behind that. And what is that reason is to proclaim perhaps from this Korean guy, you know, proclaim that, um, and emphasize and point to the fact that Jesus is hero, you know, and I, and, um, and, and I, again, why why would I use that term more than any other term thus far that Christianity has developed? All of them are valid. Don't get me wrong. But I think you and I, you know, another experience that we all also share is ministry. Right. We, yeah. we, we've involved ourselves in the work of the church. Right. We've been pastors. Exactly. We've been pastors. And so um, I believe that we had kind of the similar mission 
to encourage in with all our skill to encourage followers of Christ to become more like followers of Christ, right? To be more like Jesus, right? That was the challenge. And I think the challenge of all ministers today to have them respond to be more faithful, have them to respond to be more emulating to Jesus, right? Um, and, And for me, the word savior in and of itself, I feel kind of has been, um, I think it's been misconstrued throughout our Christian society, you know, because when you think of savior, it's a very one-sided relationship. If you think about it, right. My relationship with Jesus is because he saved me. It's all about that person. Then it's not about what Jesus has done. Yes. Jesus died for us. Yeah. But it's, I'm the benefactor here. You know, it's this one-sided benefit with a relationship. Well, for me, I mean, and I, I, we went, we went to school and stuff like that. But more, there's this concept of covenant mm. contract, right? Yeah. There's this, there's, and it's more than just a contract. But th- th- there's this idea that God has chosen you. God has chosen you. I must choose also God. Right. And part of that is that um, because I have chosen God and God has chosen me, God expects me to live a specific way. Right. You know. Um, when we call, especially in popular Christianity, I think when we just call Jesus savior, um, there's no expectation from me, mm. you know, with my relationship with God. Oh, he saved me. You're the recipient of a blessing. Exactly. That's it. I don't have, there's no sense of, there's no sense of, okay, what must I do now? You know, or, I mean, and, and if you read scripture, it's rooted in that. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, I've chosen Jesus to be my savior. Okay. What must I do now? You know? And I think in popular Christianity, we've taken that question away. We've taken that out. It's just like, no, Jesus saves you. That's it. Okay, cool. Let me just live my life then. You know? So so you think the word hero rather than savior is a better title for Jesus because? For the time being, it's because it's reciprocal. Mm -hmm. It's reciprocal because when we say he's my hero, implicitly what that means is I wish to, I wish to be like that person. You know what I'm saying? There's a quality to that person that I admire and I wish to elevate. And I wish that that to be reflected in my life. The concept of hero is something that we should emulate. That's why we call people heroes. I think it's hard to become a savior. Yes. It's doable to become a hero. I think so. I think so. I I agree. I told, well, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, and um, <laughs> and so uh, and so there's this sense of response. There's a sense of res- uh, a, a responsibility um, to it's the whole. <laughs> yeah, right. Powerful. That's with great power <laughs> comes great responsibility. And if we believe what we believe is true as Christians, we have the life creating power that's been bestowed upon us. Yeah. The Holy spirit dwells within us, you know, no longer in a tent, no longer in a building within humanity itself, yeah. you know, and that is huge. That is absolute power. It's the same power that knitted the universe together. Right. Wow. And, um, and we can utilize that for the good. We can utilize that for God's plan. We can utilize that for the benefit of the creation. Right. Yeah. And that's a response. That is a response, and that is a burdened responsibility for anyone who claims, yes, I follow Christ, right? And I think hero is a better singular definition um, to understand 
that, yeah, he's my hero and I wish to emulate him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, something that you said, I would probably qualify it with this. It's not that only Christians can become heroes. I feel like anyone can become a hero. But on the flip side, anyone can become a villain too. Yes, right. The the response, or I guess the responsibility or the potential that God has given us is has given, I feel like God gives it to all humans. All humans can be agents of good or, or evil, mm-hmm. right? Um, ideally, in, in my view and your view, if you become Christian, then you have the, the best potential to become the, the hero right. that you're meant to be, right? Right. But I feel like humans, we're not just advanced primates right. that have no effect on the world around us. Every individual has this kind of this awesome power, like you were saying, this power of creating life and death. Um, and you think about all the, the horrific stuff that's happening in the world, in society, one person doing it to another or a group of people doing it to a group of people or nations upon nations, right? Like humans have this crazy ability to affect the world around them. Mm-hmm. And I understand it as like God wants us, God yearns and desires for his people to do it his way, to create life, to create joy, to create blessing and abundance, right? Um, uh, I did this study once with Martin Luther King Jr. about free will. And can, and the, the question that I was asking is, can God or has God created us with free will to choose good or evil, right? Like mm-hmm. um, equally, mm-hmm. or are we bent more towards evil? Or are we bent more towards good? And uh, I wrote along many years ago, but the main point is that I actually feel that people are right on 50 percent, 50, 50. It's not 49, 51. It's 50 percent. A potential to fall to the dark side hmm. or or 50 percent likely to go into the light side and jesus rather than like forcing us to follow his way he persuades us hmm. he attracts us he inspires us to become like him you know uh, and to emulate him um and everything you're saying about like how if I hear of Jesus as the savior versus hearing Jesus as a hero, I, I agree. Like it, the whole point of me being a pastor is, is not to sound great on the pulpit or it's not to, to increase the numbers of people at my church, but rather spiritual formation, right? All of us are meant for spiritual formation. And the way I define it is becoming more coming, coming closer into the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, Irenaeus, he, he said that like we were made in his image, but we are not yet in his likeness. So we have the Imago Dei. Like we, as humans, we have a lot of attributes that are shared with God, right? But yet, but we're still unformed. Mm. We're we're not there yet. We haven't reached perfection yet. And and Jesus is perfection. Okay. Um, I I, re- I recently learned in in theology school of the word theosis. Mm, yeah or deification right right the yeah okay go ahead go ahead yeah and so i I believe it comes from the eastern orthodox tradition spirituality and the idea is that it's not just enough to be saved it's not even enough to be in the presence of god but rather we are meant to become like god Mm. jesus became 
like us in order for us to become like him. And that's extremely powerful. And it, it goes very much in, in line with what you're thinking, is that we're not just receiving the blessing of salvation, but we're, we're meant to participate in it. Mm-hmm. And I would even take it a step further, that we are supposed to be like Christ. We are supposed to, almost in a sense, be as his hands and be his feet. Wow. Um, little heroes. Right. Right? Yeah. Which Christians are. Christians are little Christ. Exactly. Um, and I, I agree with you completely that like everything you see in Jesus, sacrifice, courage, considering others better than yourself, restoring people, having hopeful action, um, yearning to make the, better, the world a better place, like all of that can be kind of summed up in the life and the work and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Right. Um, so, so you're taking it like the, the comic book, cartoon, um, graphic novel, like MCU yeah. route, right? right? Right, Which is far more interesting to the wider public than what I'm interested in. Well, and let's let, well, you might say that you yeah. might say that, but I think I think there's a connection to what your your passion is and what you've been pursuing as well. So, I think I think uh, I think the people deserve to hear what what yeah. what what you have to say so yeah the, the big thing that i'm trying to go for is, is social justice mm. and i know every time i say social justice people always have like this kind of su- suspicion right like that it's a, a bad part or like an unnecessary part of doing good works mm. but in my mind i think social justice is a very positive term you know it it's very similar to or it's hardly different to what you're talking about being heroes mm-hmm. i believe that all people can be heroes in their own context in their own right um like you said like parents can be heroes to their children or my wife is a hero to heroine to me um uh, you don't have to be world renowned you could just be a hero to one person right and a lot of the what i'm trying to do with social justice is let's expand heroic acts beyond ourselves that's good. Um, if I if I do a, a kindness to you, great, praise the Lord, right? It's it, God. God was behind it. God has given the glory for it. Fantastic, and it benefits you. It benefits your life. But there's this sense that we live in a community, it, and like I said earlier, no individual act can happen without affecting other people, <laughs> for good or for ill. So if I act in the opposite of what Jesus represents. If I act self selfishly mm-hmm. or cowardly or um, if I hoard or if I keep from sharing or if I consider myself above others, right? All of those inward turnings of the soul end up hurting other people around me. And if I hurt you, the likelihood is that you will then pass it on and pay it for it and hurt someone else. Mm-hmm. And so it's very easy to see that sin can sooner or later become a societal problem, a, a structural problem. Mm-hmm. It, it, magnif- it expands and magnifies in a way where sin oftentimes destroys community and society without even the participants knowing that they're part of the problem. And so... I feel like God 
throughout history. It, it, it didn't start with Jesus, right? Jesus was the climax. But even in the Old Testament, God had heroes, judges, prophetesses, um, priests, mm-hmm. shepherds, kings, um, government officials, people who would stand in the gap, right, and try to live in a way that was not worldly. Um, their, their selfless acts, their courageous acts, their, their bold moves to try to consider others above themselves, all of those were kind of, there were, there were attempts by God to bring about peace, shalom, mm. um, blessing, life, creativity. So for me, social justice is not a bad term. Um, it's, it has everything to do with God's agenda. Right, um, it, it has it has to do with how God wants to through you, through me, right. to try to be influences, not just to our uh, our direct relatives or just our church community. I feel like God wants us to to influence as widely as possible, societally. And I, and I feel like it's such a big, um, it's a big scope. It feels almost impossible, mm-hmm. right? But we have to figure out a way. Right. Because right. our sin expands that far. Shouldn't our holiness, shouldn't our Absolutely. goodness and our mercy extend that far too? Absolutely. Um, so I feel like you and I have like, you're, you're going like the popular <laughs> media route, and I'm trying to go through like this <laughs> shadowy, craggy place <laughs> where like nobody really wants to do social justice. Mm-hmm even though they, they, they know they should, and I'm trying to convince them. Mm. The worst part is, like, I feel like I have to convince Christians mm. to do social justice. You know? It, it, it's hard. It's, um, I think uh, there's, that, there's, there's that old expression, you're, you're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good, right? And I think, um, well, one, it's, it's, a very more, it's a more palatable message, you know, to say it's all about it's all about your spirit. It's all about this. If you if you if you commit yourself to the the annual you know prayer fest mm-hmm. and just you know you know believe and pray that God can do impossible things you know mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Well, let's be specific. You know what impossible things are you speaking of? You know and just like and often you know. And I say this because I've done it. You know, is that oh you know like if I could get this job if I if I could get this car, if I could get more resources, more tangible financial resources, yeah. it would be such so much easier for me to be more of a Christian. Something like that, you know. Um, but the reality of it is, is I think you're right. Um, when I, I read the Sermon on the Mount recently, mm. and it's just like, egad. <laughs> That's the kind of society that Jesus is espousing, you know, it's just yeah. like. And like you said, it just seems no, that, 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 that my first response was. This could not possibly work, you know, <laughs> but Jesus says, no, you need to do this. You have to do this, you know? And yeah. so I, uh, I agree. I agree that, that it's more than just the people that you feel close with, you know? And I think, you know, from going back to creation itself, you know, the very first person that God has created, um, that God has created for Adam was Eve, someone 
entirely different from him. Yes, he came from he came from she came from the rib of Adam based on the story, right? Yeah. But entirely different. Entirely different. And I feel that God desires his creation one to be diverse mm. and in that diversity learn how to live with one another. Mm. You know, and I feel that I feel that your pursuit of of social justice um is a reflection of that is a is a resonating call to that right and um and i think christians as a whole need to really uh seriously talk more about it yeah. you know within with with one another it's just like how do we tangibly show god's love in this world we 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 espouse it behind the pulpit every sunday but how can we tangibly show that to this world and i think i think for many, they've done it in, in, in the individual context. How can yeah. I do that? But what would it look like if collectively mm-hmm. we do that as a whole? Um, not for just a particular, not for, just for a particular individual, but for society yeah. as a whole. Yeah. So, yeah, that's 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 a uh, that is a that is a challenging endeavor. But I think it's it's something um, that we should all pursue and yeah talk more about i mean a lot of times you talk about the word hope mm-hmm. and hope is a, a key word i think in in your book right yeah and uh something that i learned recently about i'm trying to create a theology of social justice okay? mm-hmm. i'm not the only one other people have created theologies of, of social justice and i'm trying to come at it from a pentecostal perspective um which ex- explain what that means for those uh, uh those few few might yeah. that might not know. Yeah, uh, I come from a Pentecostal charismatic um, spirituality. I wasn't born into it. I, I fell into it in college. But basically, it's an expectation that that the Holy Spirit, God the Spirit, moves today. Um, we want to encounter God in everything that we do. We believe that the Spirit um, speaks to us, directs us, empowers us um, to do good work um, inside the church outside the church right um, and, and <laughs> maybe you should involve the Pentecostal spirituality in, in your in your hero book because this God gives us powers mm-hmm. superpowers right in a sense yeah like, <laughs> uh, like I don't know you could say that the discernment of spirits could be like some kind of premonition right right ability right right, right. <laughs> no I think yeah go ahead each person could have like a little comic book card right my, my, my spiritual <laughs> gift is speaking in tongues and, and discerning the, the will of the Lord. Or right. You know, right. Right. Exactly. Could. Yeah. Um, the, the set of abilities that the Holy Spirit gives maybe is not as <laughs> diverse <laughs> as like, like the Marvel set sure. of abilities. Sure. Um, but anyways, I, I want to bring it back to hope. The only way that a theology of social justice can work is, is if you can imagine a world that doesn't have to look like what we live in now. Hmm. Um, and that's where my, my second topic comes in, theological aesthetics. Theological aesthetics is, is essentially a theology of beauty, right? Um, and the, the big idea is that anytime you encounter beauty in the world, it's the source of that beauty. It comes from God, right? So um, anytime you encounter something beautiful, you can think, well, well, maybe God's trying to say something, or speak something, or teach me something, or change me in some way on the inside to to be different right 
Um, I would even say that the cross mm. is a paradoxical image of beauty. Some people look at the cross and they think it's pathetic. It's just some dude who died. Other people look at the cross and see it as the most glorifying, exalting, beautiful thing they've ever seen. And, and that actually, your your vision of this objective thing, the cross, your vision dictates your de- your decisions to mm. commit. Um, and and so when when I look at a, at a comic book hero, I might find something inspiring or or awesome or beautiful about their act, right? And that gives me hope to believe that the world can be different if mm. I if I live differently, if I make better choices. Um, just today, I was watching Marvel's Agents of Steel. Have you seen this week's yeah, episode? Yeah, you did. Uh, well, it ended last week, so you must have. Okay, seen. yeah, I was a week behind. Yeah, 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 right on. Right and on. Uh, and Mac, right? Yeah, Mac became the director of yep, Shield. Yep. And the the main thing this we're so current, man, <laughs> dude. <laughs> so we're not just talking about like ancient myths, and right? Like, right. Like mythology, but we're talking about Marvel's Agents of Shield. Exactly. And the the main kind of like punchline that Mac had was hope. We always have hope. Mm. The world was literally ending, right? Like it, the planet Earth was going to be cracked apart, right? Because there was that dude with seats. He wanted gravitonium. Yeah, right, right. right. And they had a choice: should we save, all right, Olson, or wow. should we save the whole planet? Wow, one man versus billions and billions of people. Mm-hmm. And Mac made the hard choice: we're going to try to save everybody. Mm. Hope, right? Wow, the belief that. The impossible can be done. Wow. Um, and that's why I think social justice can work, because we have hope yeah. that a world can be peaceful, that there can be harmony, that God will reign. Right. And that justice, God's justice, I mean, right. um, will will reign, right? And, and superheroes, Jesus being the main superhero who empowers other mini heroes, all of that is driven by hope. Wow. Hope that we can live exactly. in God's kingdom, right? I love that. I, I think um, I think you providing that reference um, from that uh, from Agents of Shield is actually it solidified it. But that's the beautiful thing about pop culture. I think it really solidifies. It can really solidify these abstract truths that we're so uh, we 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 enjoy yeah. discussing on. But um, you know, because I think what I see in society, what I see in politics, what I see in the rhetoric of 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 American politics right now, um, because let's 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 just not let's just not deny it that with social justice, which I think is very uh, that's why a lot of Christians are hesitant on it, is there's this aspect of politics involved yeah. with social justice, right? Which I think is necessary, and because it's necessary, it's something that again we need to talk about and get more involved in. You know what I'm saying? But that's something that's a whole different. Can of worms. Anyways, um, what I see in the rhetoric of our society in the in in the politics and and so forth is that it's it's they're very it's very binary. Mm. It's very binary. It's it's, it's it's very uh, dichotomous. It's either you're with us or you're against us. Yeah. You know, and um, it's there's no right and wrong. Now, granted, there's certain points where you boil it down. It's like either it's this or that. You know, what I'm saying is, but I feel though, I feel though. There's truth, there's truth and yearning of truth on both sides. Yeah. And so just like, and what Mac did, like the way you said it is absolutely brilliant that what the church can do is just like, you know what, 
I see what this party and this group desires and wants to have. And I see what this party and this group desires and wants to have. Is there a way that we can provide both? You know, and I know I'm saying things very abstract, but just generally speaking, is there a way that we can provide both for, 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 for these, you know, to believe that we can all benefit into something? And a lot of people will respond rather quickly. No, it's impossible. But it's just like, but what if, what if the church needs to be in that in between and just say, Hey, maybe Mm -hmm. not, maybe not. Maybe there is a way. You know, yeah, it's going to be hard. It's not going to be this easy black and white cookie cutter response. And it's going to be actually really ugly. And there's going to be a lot more. There's going to be a lot more uh, tears rather than joy. But once we get out of it, maybe it could work, you know. And um, so I think the key word, um, if if your key word is hope, my key word would be imagination. Wow. Um, And obviously, you have to have imagination to create comic books or movies and stuff. um, I think like during this, okay, so just to, to be clear here, we're talking about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right, right. Season 5, episode 22, it's called The End. Good reference, right? yes, right, right. Uh, we want to date this. Good right? resource, yes, exactly, um, good resource. Some people uh, believe that you can, only, you can only save the world one way. Right. Other people believe that you can only save the world in this way, right? Yeah. And they lack the imagination to see that hmm. both could be had. Nice. And uh, it was, it was, I won't spoil it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cause other people should watch the episode, but in the end they were able to figure it out. Hmm. And, and it's funny because I don't even think that they've truly planned out hmm. like, okay, we're going to go A, B, C and we're going to see right, the world. Right. right. It just kind of happens. Exactly. And I believe it's the Holy Spirit. Hmm. You know, like oftentimes the Holy Spirit kind of gives us what we need in the moment that we need it yeah. without us even knowing that we should ask for it. Wow. I like that. And that happens all, all the time, everywhere. Whenever, yeah. whenever I'm writing an essay or a sermon or when I'm talking to a friend, if we need counseling, and I'm sure that when you're writing your story or not, sorry, your book, like God will give you what you need in mm. the moment you need it. Just like the, the God gave it. Well, I guess the show didn't say it was God, but right, right. God's working behind the scenes exactly. all the time. Right. And, and it's almost like this, principle that's always at work right right even though no one ever gives the spirit credit for it yeah it's really uh when you mentioned that um when when a person thinks that to save the world is uh there's only one way to save the world and 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 then you talked about how there's a lack of imagination there you know it it brought me up to think of of thanos and uh and uh yeah in avengers affinity war uh, he is a very unimaginative person, you know, and, and um, because he felt that there was only one solution. His know? formula is so, in my mind, it's so stupid. He's right. Like, okay, well, the world is suffering. The universes are suffering. Right. And so therefore I'll cut off half of it. Right. So that there will be plenty for the rest of them. Right. Exactly. Uh, Which in, re- in mathematical. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Right. Because on the reverse flip of it is, is, um, and a friend of mine actually mentioned this is this like was, why don't you just provide more resources then? Mm-hmm. You know, if you have this power with a snap of your fingers to do that, why don't you do the other way? And then that's, that's true, you know, yeah. right. And it's just like, why don't you, why, why don't you just provide enough resources yeah. that will last forever? Right. You know, so that tells me in his, his central core is menacing, is villainous. 
is because he he was he was whether willfully or not he chose this path and only this path you know is to destroy life there's some yeah. there's some he gets some kind of kick out of that you know and um Dude, so yeah this, but, this is amazing i just had a brilliant thought and nice. i can't wait to share it um I, I had never occurred to me that thanos could have snapped his finger and then all of a sudden provided more resources more supply right right and the whole idea is that the universe is a closed system. There's a limited amount of resources. Right, right. And so in, instead of providing more resources, then you cut away more consumers. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's that's his economy. Right? Exactly, yes, right. But if you compare Thanos to Jesus, hmm. when Jesus had scarcity, uh-huh. loaves, right. he didn't just cut away like, oh, well, send half of the crowd away right. Or, right. or let's kill half of the crowds so right. we can feed him. Right. No, he, he multiplies exactly. the bread and the fish. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's exactly Why right. Why can't Thanos be like Jesus? <laughs> well, because he's a villain. He's a horrible person. <laughs> he's a... Anyways, um, that's really, that's a very true point. That's a very good point. Because if Thanos was Jesus on that plane or feeding the multitudes, he's like, I know what to do. Yeah. Just kill half, you know? Yeah. Right? And <laughs> But no. And so it goes back to worldview, doesn't it? It goes back to worldview. He had this very encapsulated, this very doctrinated worldview that that the universe is a limited universe, which um, I think, which I think is true, is true. There, it's we have limited resources within the confines of our universe, right? Yeah. And I feel that a lot of folks, um, more than ever, believe that. Then it's because of that, there's scarcity. Because of that, there's scarcity. Um, Jesus, on the other hand, probably has this concept that there's a life source, an abundant life source that can be tapped into. And um, and probably because of that, not probably, but but by doing knowing that, that there's this abundant life source, I can provide. Yeah. I can provide. Yes, there might be scarcity for the moment, but I can provide. And I can provide more than one could possibly imagine, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's, that's, deep. you know, sometimes I, I wish that God would just like, like manna from heaven, right? right? Like that God would just miraculously provide everybody's needs out of the sky. Right. I actually don't feel like we're there yet. Mm. Right? This is what I feel like. God miraculously provides us jobs and food and housing and shelter. And he does it through very natural means. He right. gives you, Employment, right? right? And he, right. he gave you an education, right. and so they don't seem like they were from God, but really they were, right? All gifts come from the Father, right? Good gifts, I mean. And so I feel like God has provided manna for everybody, but here's the problem: most of us hoard. Yes, wow, right. Most of us do not share beyond, right? Maybe our family, right? Our, our household, right? And and it's not just uh, a few; all people, myself included. Mm-hmm. Um, I have more than I need in terms of any supply that I have, right? Like I have more, more than enough chairs, more than enough books, more than enough mm. food. Like oftentimes there's waste mm. uh, wow. or junk, wow. right? Yeah. If I, and if everyone else shared, I feel like the world would have enough. Mm. God doesn't need to supernaturally, miraculously provide provision from, from out, of, out of thin air. I feel like there's enough already. It's just that we don't, we don't share it. Right. And that's why social justice is such an important, I guess, ideal for me. You know? mm. um, we don't yet need God to supernaturally provide. We have to be the hero. 
we have to let go. Yeah. We have to be selfless. Wow. Yeah. Right. Like there Jesus doesn't need to come in yet. Right. He's waiting for us mm. to act. That's good. I mean, it's convicting. And, it's, it's extremely and, convicting. And can you do it? Right. Exactly. And again, it's just like I think more and more as we as we continue on with this, Joey. I think more and more is just a hopefully, hopefully because when 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 true scarcity happens within within let's just say within our own context in the United States, when true scarcity happens, when we know based on data that 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 there's there's so much less than could be shared and given you know my fear is that we will eventually have to share but not from being persuaded freely but forcibly mm. you know what i'm saying and 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 i think as a church um with a somewhat um sense of urgency that knowing that that could be a possibility mm. perhaps persuade our followers, the followers of Christ, yeah. you know, to say, you know, at, before that moment happens, mm. why don't we do something about it? You yeah. know, yeah. and, you know, um, and I guess we have to find the, the resource. But I was watching I was going through my Facebook feed and I saw the other day this church in Dallas, like providing health care okay. for yeah. so many, so many people. I don't know the exact number, yeah. but the number, the, the, the amount of money that they have accumulated just to pay the bills of all these different people's wow. healthcare issues was in the millions, hundreds of millions. Yeah. You know, and just like, exactly, exactly. And you know, like I have, I have personal grief towards mega churches, but this was clearly a mega church, <laughs> but they were doing something right. Yeah. And doing something that I can praise God for, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, um, and like, if, if one church can do that in Dallas, you just imagine the collective yeah. Christian whole, right. you know, yeah. doing something, you know, just. Uh, I, I have good news for you here. Yeah. Um, uh, there are like-minded individuals like you. Right on. That's great. Uh, and, and they live right here in the Bay Area. <laughs> which means that you, no should, kidding. you should move back to the Bay Area <laughs> and be my neighbor. Right on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll no. strongly consider that. So specifically, that. I'm talking about TBC. <laughs> have you heard of it? No. TBC stands for Transforming the Bay with Christ. Mm. And uh, the founder... Uh, is actually the CEO of VMware. Um, I've never heard of that. I, I forgot his name. It's, but but let's just—he's he, a Silicon Valley giant. Okay. Right? And, oh wow. And but he's a, a devout Christian mm. and very involved and very like outspoken <laughs> and compassionate and his his work is inspiring. And he founded it. Right now, the the president of TBC is is actually uh, Nancy Ortberg. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, inspiring people. The The concept that TBC is working on is that churches cannot solve the Bay Area's problems alone. Mm. Government cannot solve it alone. Right. Um, counselors cannot solve it alone. Social workers cannot solve it alone. Homeless shelters can't do it alone. We, we all have to work together. Right. Um, and so I've been in, in talks with this guy named uh, Mike Brock. And he's kind of like the social justice arm of it. Mm -hmm. And that's why I wanted to reach out to him and talk to nice, him. Nice. And he has this really cool idea is that, that change has to happen systemically. Hmm. You have to have systems change, right? And and uh, like you, I, I used to kind of give that suspicious eye to mega churches, right? Because mega churches seem to be be more interested in the performance or the gaudiness of, of the large buildings and the fancy 
stuff and the yeah. lights and the fog machine, right? And 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 I was turned off by that, right? But I feel like mega churches to middle-sized churches to even small churches, we have to work together. Yes. We have to not work together just among churches because Christians can't do it alone. God has given every person in our society the skill sets to help out everyone else. Right. And we can only bring about change if we work together, all of us. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that the mega church in Texas, was it Dallas? Yeah, yeah. Was able to like provide health insurance. Um, that's a fantastic kind of example of what what self-sacrifice and, and godly love can look like. Uh, man, TBC is doing amazing stuff. That's great. Right now, right? Here. So you should, you should move back up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm... Um... I'm definitely, I, I do feel my heart's here. So who knows? Maybe sooner than later. But uh, I have an interesting idea for you. Maybe you've already thought about it. Have you incorporated the idea of an anti-hero? I've, I've thought of it. I've thought of the idea because, well, let's, let's, let's define what an anti-hero is. Okay. It's um, the, it, uh, an anti-hero is a person who does not convey, um, hero qualities the classical hero quality of selflessness that a lot of times they're motivated out of selfish things yeah. um yeah and and by doing so um however uh, a, a particular consequence could be helping others you know and and um and so uh, uh one particular example that i heard was a lot of a, a lot of anti-heroes kind of started from westerns you know, oh, like, uh, okay. like, uh, the good, the bad and the ugly, you know, like, uh, or, or like he's a bounty hunter and he's, he's trying to find this, this murdering scumbag. But the only reason why he's finding the murdering scumbag is to get the money at the end of it all. You know, that's kind of an, okay. what an anti-hero is, yeah. but, but were you thinking of something else? Well, I'm not trained in, in like literary genre. So maybe I'm not either. I just read what, what oh, okay. uh, you know, and, and so you read something. I didn't yeah. Read yeah. Um, okay. So when I think of anti-hero, maybe there's a better term for it is, is somebody who doesn't fit the mold of what heroes okay. sound like. Yeah. Right? right. Right. And, um, if you were to look at like modern society about what society considers successful mm -hmm. or heroic, it would look like, I don't know, like the, a powerful CEO right. of some company, right. or right. maybe a football star, basketball right. star, right. or right. maybe a movie star, right? right? Like that's the typical hero. That's mm -hmm. what everybody looks up to. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I turn on TV and look at YouTube, right, these are the people that I watch right. and that I wish I could be. You know, so that's the hero. Mm -hmm. And to me, Jesus is in a sense. In this sense, goes against an that. anti hero. Right. He's not the hero in the okay. sense. Very good. Okay. Yeah. So it based off that definition, that's um that's right. That's very true. He's an atypical hero. He's a he's a hero that goes against convention, yeah. if you will. Right. Yeah. Um because then you bring up a very good point. Often a lot of heroes come from the epic stories of old, the ancient stories of old. And these heroes were conquerors. Yeah. They subdued right through violence mm. their their achievements what they've done yeah. um so like like i said the knight slaying the dragon yeah or or um or uh well there's a there's other examples but one that just grained in my mind is that this he he fights he, yeah. he's violent against yeah power exactly combat exactly exactly prowess. right right 
Exactly. And I think um, Jesus, on the other hand, does a total reversal. Yeah. He says, I, I'm not going to. Exactly. I'm not going to conquer through power. Yeah. I'm going to conquer through absolute utter sacrifice. Yeah. You know, um, I will let I will allow the enemies to beat me, to mm. tear me to shreds. Mm. I will allow the enemies to stretch me on this piece of wood, yeah. you know. But all of this is to uh, utterly destroy the forces of chaos. Yeah. You know. Yeah. For him, Jesus, but the way to defeat hate is to love even more. Right. Right, uh, which is so opposite to how the world would operate, right? Absolutely. Uh, and and you were talking about politics earlier, right? It's a it's a strange thing that America thinks that the way to make the world a better place is by enforcing more military. Right. You know. Right. We have to arm up. Exactly. We have to exactly deny other people nuclear warheads, but we can keep all of ours. Right, right? because we have the superior. Yeah. Hit authority mm-hmm. to do so right? Right. Right. might makes right in a sense and it's and it's not what jesus does mm. um I, in my mind jesus is the anti-hero in our modern postmodern context because he's he doesn't operate any way that the world would operate in a mm. secular atheistic sense right right, right. capitalist even. right <laughs> right yeah like capitalist you kind of you make a profit and you try to gain as much as you can mm-hmm. but jesus gives away right he shares right abundantly generously unconditionally you know (laughs) yeah and and these things are just so hard to 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 try to live out but this is what he calls us to Mm -hmm. and i can't help but to think about like that quote about how the seed of the church the the blood of the martyrs is the the, right right Um, right. the more christians died (laughs) out of love for others yeah the more people were convinced maybe the christian way is the right way right it's very paradoxical. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe if you, maybe you killed a handful of them, it's like, yeah, they they still believe in a lie. You know, mm. um, they were just so convinced of the lie that, you know, that. Yeah. Um, but then you you see and realize, whoa, hundreds, thousands, more than that. You know, yeah. and they were taking property away and all that. It's just like, wait a minute. They actually kind of believed this, you know. That there might be some truth to this going on. But, yeah, yeah. So, in some ways, I feel like um, some people will have to forgive me for this, but I feel like we are, we have a prophetic message. Mm. You, you and I have a prophetic message. I'm not saying that we are prophets, but I feel like you have a message to a specific audience, the, the comic book hero audience, and I have a specific audience. And we're trying to persuade them and convince them that they can be different. Yeah. Um, they should be different. It, it's almost a call to repentance, to change, mm, wow. change your ways, right? Right. right. The world right. is, imagine a world that's different where God reigns and where, where God's love reign, is the most, is the ethic that we choose to live right. by. Right. Um, I'm driven by the image of heaven. Mm. And for me, uh, heaven is not a, a place of like, okay, Heaven is described as a city of gold sure. or a city, right? A castle in a right. sense, right? right. And, and for me, those those symbols are representatives of something greater. Yeah. I don't take it literally. Um, gold was, was a precious metal. Exactly. So heaven is the most precious thing. Right. Um, a city is fortified. A city is safer than living out in the countryside. Right. Where, where bandits and marauders can come in. So a city, heaven represents a place of security, right? So I'm driven by 
this idea that when heaven comes here, all people, mm. and I'm not just saying the rich ones or ones of a specific ethnic color right. or ones of a particular political party, right? Mm. All people can find their rest and find their peace and their value and their worth according to how God sees them. Right. So that's why, like, um, I mean, Martin Luther King Jr., he, he called people the rainbow people of God, right? Black, red, white, right. green, yellow, blue. That because heaven is a rainbow, right? In the future, then in the now, we should try to live it out. Wow. That if we want heaven to come here, then we need to live like it's heaven is already exactly. here. Exactly. And so exactly. that's why we have equality between races, right. equality among classes, right. equality I mean, right. even among genders. Right. That's great. Um, you know, and just going back to even Jesus's prayer, you know. Um, our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on yeah. earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. And um, that prayer should not just be blindly uttered over and over again, you know, because I get a gold star at Sunday school because I memorized it. It's something that we need to ponder on and then cultivate imagination from, right? Yeah. The imagination of, by asking the question, well, what does heaven look like? Yeah. What What is heaven? And because we're asking that this heaven should come down to earth, not in the future when Jesus comes back, but now. Yeah. That's what the whole prayer is about, right? And so, the uh, so I think as a church collectively, um, we should start asking, well, what does heaven look like? Mm. What does heaven look like? Then the next question is, well, how do how do we reflect that on earth yes you know what i'm saying so you're absolutely right you're absolutely right you we we had a conversation a while back and you were bringing up the whole idea of the prophet you know and Mm -hmm. and the prophetic character of the church and what basically for those that don't know what a prophet the the most rudimentary definition is it's a pro a person who speaks on behalf of god Mm -hmm. and um he's been given authority by god to speak on his behalf and um, and part of that quality of 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 the prophet is um, seen as telling things about the future, and um, and in this case, in our current context, because I I kind of I guess I'm kind of Pentecostal in that sense in believing that God's power and 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 God still acts with His people today. Um, that because of that, there's a prophetic quality to the church. Right. Or to the people, those that call call themselves followers of Jesus in that we are given the image of heaven, this future reality. And we need to proclaim that on the rooftops of what Mm -hmm. that future reality looks like. But at the same time, we are given the task and have the resources, the supernatural, powerful resources to bring that reality to earth right now. Yeah. And, um, and that is, that is deep. That is powerful. And the question, but, but we need to ask ourselves, well, what does that look like? Mm. What does that look like? And, and then learn how to persuade people to be on board with that, you know, and how to convince people to be on board with that, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's powerful, man. That's, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So. I, our talk here kind of reminded me of this quote from C.S. Lewis. And C.S. Lewis said, if you read history, 
you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. Wow. Wow. And, uh, yeah, heaven motivates me. Yeah. And I think it should motivate all, all Christians. Um, not not necessarily that we can get out of this place, like yeah. like some sort of escapism. Right, right? exactly, right? exactly. But rather, like, how do we become agents that facilitate right. heaven here now? Right, right. Um, you know, one of those things that I pray regularly is that wherever the soles of my feet walk, that the kingdom of God comes to. Mm. Not because I'm, like, the bringer of the kingdom. Right. Um, I think the kingdom is less, God's kingdom is less of a place and more of a posture. Hmm. Um, it it's like a, a posture of who I who I am and how I act. Right. The kingdom manifests itself not as a locale, right, right. but as right actions. That's great. Attitudes. Yeah. Uh, where 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 can we be like Christ, um, loving and sacrificial? And I, and I hope that whoever listens to this podcast realizes that that Jesus is the center, right? Mm-hmm. That he's his way, his way, the Jesus way is the best way. Mm-hmm. And hey, all of the admirable qualities of Jesus are just, they're worth giving your life for. Yeah. Um, it's the pearl of great price. It's the, the treasure that you bury that you, you would, you would give up everything in order to have this. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's Jesus himself. Um, and when I look at Jesus, I think, I mean, it, it, you define it, right? Sacrificial, courageous, Unconditional, selfless. Um, the challenge, I think, is is not. The challenge is not telling the story. The challenge is to be a part of it, mm. um, and to believe that. To know that there's a cost, in order for right. us to yeah. bring the kingdom. It's not going to come free. Right. Freedom is rarely free. Right. Right. And Jesus paid the cost, but we're expected to pay the cost too. Uh, it's not possible in God's economy to share and to be to be to have abundant life without paying some kind of price. Um, and I think that's the big stumbling block, right? Most people won't want to right give up something, um, and and that's what prevents them from being a hero. Mm-hmm. Wow! Uh, wow! Yeah. In some ways, I, I think, like parenthood, I mean, you and I are not, we don't have kids. Right. But the way that I, I see parenthood is that it's almost like God forces you to be a hero. Mm-hmm. In the sense that he forces you to be selfless. Um, children have a way of uh, changing your heart. Sure. You know? like right. I, You know, I've seen some very selfish, arrogant dudes who, when they had a kid, all of a sudden sure. they became... So selfless, yeah. and sacrificial, and right, right. And I think, you know, like children is kind of, children are like a concrete exercise in a sense where God shapes your heart. Wow. But you shouldn't stop there. Right. Like all of life should be a, a, an opportunity where God shapes you so that you can be more like Him, more sacrificial, more more loving. Um, yeah, the Christian way, the Christian definition of love. Yeah. Man, we talked about a lot. Yeah, we did. We did. It might have been for more than an hour, but it, I'm okay with that. It actually has, and I'm okay with that too. It's actually, <laughs> uh, it's gonna be up to 90 minutes now, but um, that's fine. But um, so 
and I could talk on forever, but uh, for the sake of uh, everything else. Um, so this is, I guess, the first episode, mm. right? And uh, like I said, and I think, Joey, you, um, add anything else, but I think you come in agreement with what I'll, I'm about to say, but just like, so it's kind of like a, a soft introduction of what what this is i really loved our conversation because i think i think we kind of maybe discovered in some way shape or form um the the main content of what we'll talk about in in future podcasts and uh but at the same time you know uh i think we'd love to hear feedback you know just Mm. like what what uh what what was interesting about it? What could we do better on? Just to questions make you, you may have exactly, or yeah, exactly. If there's any yeah. questions that the, uh, that any listener has, and just let you know, let us know, and and maybe we can tackle that and confront that, you know. So yeah, I'd like to hear connections too. Mm. Right? If if somebody makes connects a cool idea, of, right, of God, Jesus, the Bible, to movies, comic books. Uh, yeah. Or jujitsu. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, we exactly. wanted to talk about that stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so yeah. So we hope you enjoyed this and we'll figure out when our next episode will be, but, um, stay tuned.